February 18th, 2022, in Masechet Sanhedrin, Andaf Nun Gimal Amudalef. And let's start again from the beginning of the Gemara, that's uh, six lines from the bottom. Said the Gemara, at the very onset, Tanya, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Im lo hayeta immo reuya le'aviv, eno hayav ela mishum ha'em bilvad. And so if you recall, the Mishnah had this mahlok, this dispute between Rabbi Yudan and Chachamim. Whereas on the one hand, the Chachamim describe a circumstance, well, the Mishnah describes a circumstance in which there's relations, of course, wrongful relations between a child and their mother. And Chachamim say, if it was done b'shogeg, two korban hatats, one for the status of her being your mother, and the second one being that she's your father's wife, that's eshet aviv. Well, said Rabbi Yehuda, no, really just one. Why just one? Just for your mother, but isn't she your father's wife as well? And as a result, the Torah says that's a violation. So the Beraita explains the circumstance. Says the Beraita, we're dealing with a specific situation. It's only a circumstance in which the woman, the mother, was never reuyale aviv. She was never appropriate for your father. Well, what does that mean? Again, whatever it means, says Rabbi Yehuda, it's for that reason that you only violate the isur of imo but not Eshet Aviv, because for some reason or another, your father was, quote-unquote, never actually married to her, but he was. He's living with her. He had me as a child and so forth. That's right, but in the Halakha books, in the vision and the eyes of Halakha, of God, of Hachamim, they were never mar- married. What's an Areuya? What's an inappropriate woman? We can think of hundreds, thousands, whatever the circumstance is, says the Gemara, but we have specifics for understanding this situation, because keep in mind, we have to set up, and this was the conversation at the end of the class with Teddy yesterday, we need to set up a situation where the Hachamim and Rabbi Uda are disagreeing. On the one hand, Rabbi Uda is going to say there's no stature to this marriage, whereas Hachamim are going to say there is a stature. And for that reason, Rabbi Uda is going to say there's only a violation of mother, and the Hachamim are going to say it's both mother and father's wife. It means there's some circumstance, some in-between situation where they would disagree. It says the Gemara, my enare uyalo, what is exactly to pinpoint that case? What does it mean that she's not appropriate? Ilema, perhaps you'll claim to me it's heive keritot, heive mitot betin. It's the absolute severe circumstances of a person who has relations. This is the person's mother. His father has relations with her, and she's heive mitot, heive keritot, a circumstance where he should be put to death by Bedin for this marriage. He should be put to death, so to speak, by God for this marriage. In such a circumstance, explains the Gemara, it can't be, because keep in mind, again, our Mishnah is telling us that according to the rabbis, according to Hachamim who disagree with Rabbi Uda, they are married. And if they are married, everybody agrees. In such a circumstance, we look at that and we laugh. And we say, that wasn't a marriage. That was nothing. You think you're married? Maybe you're civilly married. You're not married according to Halakha. Miklal, if that were the case that we're dealing with, would you mean to tell me that the Hachamim agree? or rather disagree and claim, even though she's not reuya, even though the marriage is ineffective, even according to them, certainly, uh, nonetheless, she's considered your father's wife. She's not your father's wife. There was no kiddushin, but he said the words. But that was nothing. What took place under the chupah, what took place, takes place in their home, is nothing in the eyes of halakha. That has no halachic status. Ela says the Gemara, rather, the circumstance, situation must be one of lavin. It must be a relationship of lavin. For argument's sake, we'll just take one, the most famous one, and that's almana lekohen gadol. If it's a widower, excuse me, a widow who's married to a kohen gadol. Now, in this circumstance, the Torah says, don't do so. 
But if you do so, what? Don't do so. That's called Hevei Lavin. If they did so, there's Malkot. There's Malkut, they get lashes. In that circumstance, wrongful relationships should not be married to one another. Are they halakhically married nonetheless? If we look at them and we say, is this a marriage? Says the Gemara, that's a mahluk, the opinion of Bi'akiva. It's a well-known opinion of Bi'akiva. It's all over Talmud, this opinion of Bi'akiva, that Hive Lavin en Kidushin Tovsim Bahim. Says the Gemara, in turn, it goes like this. Hachamim disagree with Bi'akiva. According to the Hachamim, Almanali Kohen Gadol, in the circumstance where the Torah says, don't do this. No punishment per se of uh, severity of mitar and kiritot. It says the Torah, but don't do it. Say the Hachamim, but it was an effective marriage. As a result, this woman is both your mother and your father's wife. Therefore, two violations if wrongful relations with her. We want a difference between Rabbi Uda and Hachamim. So, and, so and therefore, at the end, as Mishnah told us, how many sacrifices, I know, it's theoretical. What's that? Not in death. There's certain death. But this is Bishogig, no death. Otherwise, you wouldn't be dealing with two. There's no two deaths. We'll only put a person to death once. Question is, bishogeg, or wrongful relations, accidentally. How do you do it accidentally? You didn't know the halakha. How do you not know the halakha? I don't know. You lived in a very strange colony. I mean, it's been pointed out for thousands of years that long before the Torah, um, the, the marriage and relationships, rather, within a, within a family is, is taboo. It's always been unacceptable. It's always been inappropriate long before medical advancements, which showed us that it's wrong and it could genetically damage and alter the continuity of the family. It's just always been inappropriate. In fact, the, the philosophers and Kabbalists at large have always wondered about this. Why are they arayot, arayot? In other words, within the family per se, we can understand most of the arayot, most of them are familial issues. It's because of a relationship uh, that comes from some other direction other than a sexual relationship with this individual. That's why it's inappropriate. Why so? Eshet ish, I understand, so it's already in the home of another. But uh, sister, mother, aunt, I mean, these are all, again, I know each of us will grimace at the question, but why? Why does that make us feel uncomfortable? And the Torah is also in it. Harambam has this question, Ramban Nachmaniyam, there's much discussion about this. I've mentioned this on one or two occasions. Harambam writes in his Morena Bukhim that the Torah, in truth, wants to ward us away not from any sexual involvement. It's part of life. It's part of life as human beings. It's part of life in an emotional bond. It's part of life in building a family. It's the first command of Peru Urvu. However, the Torah doesn't want us to over, go overboard on that. If it's a circumstance where this is the woman who lived next door to you, or lived the next door over, rather, or lived in your room. I don't know if that, you know, when you were younger. It uh, means there's easy comfort. It means there's easy access. You've been involved with this uh, woman your entire life. We imagine, says Harambam, that the sexual relations will be manifest in ways beyond any other woman in your life. And as a result, says the Torah, listen, we're interested in a healthy relationship if it's going to be overboard, if you're going to feel too comfortable and it's going to become something which loses, so to speak, that sanctity, inappropriate. That's what Harambam says. Ramban Nachmani, in a famous comment, suggests that this is a ta'am kamus, this is a hidden reason. He says he has... He doesn't have a tradition about this, but he's certain there must be some mystical, Kabbalistic underpinning to it. Again, I know many doctors would tell us today that the reason has to do, perhaps, uh, to, 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 to genetic uh, circumstances, which are wrongful in terms of what you're setting forward. But the question remains, generally speaking, why has it always been so? 
Anyway, the point is, this is an Isur. How would you Bishogeg make this mistake? That's the only reason I raised this. How would you Bishogeg make this mistake? I don't know, you grew up in some strange cult-like area. Yes, which would also be hard to believe, but I guess so, right? Teddy, Teddy made it much better. Detached. Right, okay, I guess so. I guess so. You were adopted. You were, you were given up for adoption early on, and then you made your way back. Much better. Thank you, Teddy. You saved me on this. I could have avoided that whole conversation. <laughs> Says Teddy Shogeg also, you don't realize the identity. Because you knew exactly what you were doing, but you didn't understand the identity. And that could exactly be our shogeg as well. Anyway, says the Gemara, what's the mahlok then between Biuda and Hachamim? Birbiuda Savarla Kirbi Akiva, two lines from the bottom. Birbiuda would align himself with Bi Akiva that in Kidushin Damar, in Kidushin Topsim Behivelavin. And as a result, the relations with the mother, who is also your father's wife, would only come with one violation. She's not actually your father's wife. She's Hivelavin, she's Amanalakoin Gadol. Mativ Rav Osha'ya. Rav Osha'ya now will challenge this. Did you tell me that Rabbi Uda aligns himself with Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Uda agrees that Chive Lavin, a Mamzer, or Natin, or Almanale Kohen Gadol. All right, someone's rooting for us. Uh, in those circumstances, Rabbi Uda aligns himself with Rabbi Akiva, that En Kidushim Tovsin. I think not. After all, we have the following statement in the Mishnah from Masechet Yevamot. Isur mitzvah v'isur kedushah holsot velo mitiabemot. First, just to introduce the realm of Yibum uh, Halitza, which I know we're all familiar with, but very briefly, in a circumstance where there's two brothers or more, but there's brothers, one of them dies without children, <coughs> his sister, excuse me, his wife, now falls to what's called Yibum or Halitza. The brothers now need to deal with the circumstance and uh, continue their brother's name by Yibum, taking her in, one of them would get married to her, or alternatively Halitza, it's a way in which you distance, which we've discussed on more than one occasion. Well, what if the, uh, the wife has other reasons for being prohibited to you. In other words, it's not just that she was your brother's wife, okay, but your brother's wife during lifetime is prohibited to you. That much I understand. After death, the Torah says there's a mitzvah. It's no longer prohibited. What if she has other reasons which prohibit her to you? What's that? For many reasons. She could be your wife's sister. She could be many other circumstances we could come up with. We could learn and delineate and explain all of them. If there are any of those other issues, Yibun doesn't override them. In such a circumstance, we say the whole thing's off. There's no Yibun and there's no Halitza. We don't do any of that. She's what's known as an Irva. What about a circumstance, says the Mishnah very cryptically, Isur Mitzvah or Isur Kiddushah? She's prohibited because she's considered, quote, an Isur Misvah. She's prohibited because of a Misvah. Or she's an Isur Kiddushah, because of sanctity. Well, what type of woman are you talking about? In such a circumstance, before we define it, Chosot velo mityabemot. You don't do Yibum. You shouldn't do Yibum. However, you do Halitza. What sort of circumstance are you going to be talking about? Well, we're going to return to that in just a moment, but let me tell you again why this is being mentioned in our Gemara. It's being mentioned in our Gemara to tell you that Rabbi Yudah can't align himself with Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Yudah would not agree, based on something we're going to understand from over here, that in a Hiyuv Lav situation, a place where the Torah says, just don't do it, our example being Almanah Le Kohen Gadol, there's no Kiddushim. Well, let's understand how we haven't even seen the name of Rabbi Yudah. There's multiple brothers that you boom. To the oldest brother first? Yes, ideally. 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 It's supposed to go to the oldest brother. Yeah. 
What's that? No, no, no. The question is, well, hang on a second. You're correct. In Yibum, you're not doing Kiddushin. The question is, was she, quote, unquote, married to your brother? Right? That's the question. We want to know about these Yisurim, whatever these Yisurim are going to be, and we're going to define them. If one of them is an Yisur Lav, right, and there's Halitza, it means there was marriage to your brother. In which case, we, well, you'll see in just a moment. Says the Gemara, what are these situations? Well, I'll tell you what each one is. Isur Misvah are Shiniyot, Midivre Sofrim. The first one, which was mentioned, and it's in Isur Misvah, it's a violation because of Mitzvah. Sounds like it was something positive. That's a reference to Shiniyot. Shiniyot means secondary, secondary relatives. What does that mean? Like Em Ha'em or Em Ha'av. Circumstance where it's the mother of your father or the mother of your mother, and several other circumstances of that sort. sort. From the Torah, that's not prohibited. Midrabbanan, midivere sofrim, that's prohibited. So, come up with the circumstance accordingly. That's the situation. You fall, this woman falls to Halitza or Yibum to her brother in law, and it turns out she's his grandmother. In such a circumstance, she's prohibited midrabbanan. What's the halakha in such a situation? We don't do Yibum, but according to the Torah, you could do Yibum. According to the Torah, she's per- permitted to you. A little scary, but that's the halakha. What's that? You should, they, they could do, maybe should do Yibum. The rabbis prohibited Yibum. They said it's Shiniyot. They're not going to say there's no Halitza any longer. The Torah still wants you to handle it. Halsot, why are they known as mitzvah? What's the mitzvah? Ba'amai karu luhu isu mitzvah. You're dealing with the grandmother, that's a mitzvah. Because, after all, the prohibition is rabbinic in nature. She mitzvah lishmoa The reason it's known as mitzvah, or these women as mitzvah, because it's a mitzvah. There's a specific command to listen to the words of the hachamim. As a result, this woman or these women get pegged mitzvah women. It's an ironic circumstance. There's a prohibition. You're not allowed to have relations with them. Why not? Mitzvah. What's the mitzvah? Mitzvah lishmo divrei hachamim. Who said there's a mitzvah lishmo divrei hachamim? The closest we can come to is what the Gemara points to in several places in the Pasuk, which says, lo tasur. Don't veer from the words which they'll instruct you, yamin or small, either to the right or to the left. We imagine that, we envision that, we understand that as a command, a mandate to follow the ways of the well, that's Shiniyot. It's the, one of the paradigmatic Gezerot. We're well aware of Gezerot. The Gezerot, of course, is the Torah says X. The Hachamim divrehem. They make some sort of gate in order to protect. So over here, although the Torah per- permits, the Hachamim made a Siyag. They made a Gedeladavar. Okay, what's the second case? We still haven't gotten to our specific issue. So we mentioned the Isur Mitzvah and Isur Kiddushah. Both of those are circumstances where halsot velomit yabemot. What's isur kedusha? Almana lekohen gadol gerusha vachalutza lekohen ediot. Oh, that's that's exactly what we're looking for. That's a circumstance of isur lav. Our example. We've been talking about this. Almana lekohen gadol gerusha vachalutza lekohen ediot. Those circumstances are where the Torah doesn't say you're going to get karet or or mitah if you do so. However, it's prohibited. You're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to get married to such a woman. Why, by the way, are they known as Kiddushah? Ve'amai karu lehu isur Kiddushah. Why are they known as the violation of or the prohibition of Kiddushah? Dikhtiv, after all, Pasuk says in Parashat Emor, don't get married to them, Kohanim, because Kiddushim yihiyu lelohehem. You have Kiddushah. You are separated for your God. You have to have Extra boundaries, says the Torah, from involving yourself with such women. Okay, well, th- all that being the case, let's take a step back for just a moment and understand before we go onward and understand the Behuda's involvement. It goes like this. If a person 
has a situation where a woman falls to him, yibum or halitza. Our most important is that second case, isur kidusha. And it's the woman is prohibited to the man, not midrabana, min torah isur lav. The Torah says, don't in a regular circumstance get married to them. Now, if I were to say to you, if I were to say to you that the halakha is that the isur lav and kidushin tofsin, that the Isur love, there's no marriage stat, marital status at all, so I would perhaps, therefore, I would certainly therefore say, there's no Yibum and there's no Halitza. She has no relevance to you on the Halakhic platform, right? If I follow that opinion we quoted in the name of Rabbi Akiva earlier, which we were suggesting, Rabbi Uda follows as well, that Rabbi Akiva opinion, that en kidushin tofsin lavim, that if you're involved with a woman who's prohibited to you, even without the severity of mitot kritot, in such a circumstance, the halakha is it's nothing. There should be no yibum and no halitza. Yes, are we understanding that? So it appears as if this first opinion that's mentioned over here, and we'll see in just a moment, Rabbi Uda as well, agree and accept that even in Isur Lavim, where she's prohibited, there's something that, ta- that attaches itself. There is Kiddushin Tovsin, which means we throw everything off until now, which we began our conversation today and ended it yesterday. Rabbi Hudan Chachamin must be agreeing about whether they accept the Bi'akiva, because Rabbi Huda accepts the Bi'akiva that in Kiddushin Tovsin Lavim. Says the Gemara Tanya Tanya Aleh, and you should know, Allah, on that Mishnah, there's a Biraita which supplements it. And in this Biraita, we have recorded the opinion of Biuda. Clearly, we know what's coming. We assume we know what's coming. Rabbi Yudah is going to disagree. He's going to say that, Lavim, there is Yibum. Or, Lavim, excuse me, there's no Yibum and there's no Halitza. Because he's going to say, As a result, there's nothing. There's no Zika. There's no connectedness to this woman. Tanya Allah, Rabbi Mahlif. Buddha just flips it. What does it mean he flips it? He accepts the women that we're dealing with, the problematic quote-unquote women, the shiniyot and the hivelavim. He accepts that. He just flips which one's referring to which. Whereas according to the hachamim, misvah, remember, isure misvah was a reference to the rabbinic ones. According to the Bihuda, mitzvah is a reference to the Kohen ones. Whereas according to the Hachamim, the second one, the Kiddushah one, was referring to the Kohanim violations. According to the Bihuda, that's referring to the rabbinic violations. Nothing more, nothing less. That's it. But he agrees in principle. Why would he flip it in such a fashion? Rashi quoting from the Gemara there in Masechet Yevamot, and I think Dafkaf, explains that the difference that just for the Bihuda would go as follows. Listening to the words of the rabbis is not only a mitzvah, it also brings forth you should sanctify yourself in that which is permitted. That's oftentimes what the rabbis say. They say, pull an extra geder, distance yourself a little bit more. That's kiddushah. That's a reference to kiddushah. Why misvah for the isur of the Kohanim? Quotes Rashi from the end of the parasha over there in Emor when it talks about the violations of the of the Kohanim. And excuse me, when at the, at the end of the uh, of, of the Arayot and the pasuk says Elehamisvot, these are the commands. It means that Isure Arayot are called commands. But for our for our purposes, aside for the reason and rationale and why they disagree about what the specific words are, according to the Bihuda, this is the most important line. According to the Bihuda, a woman who is Hiyevelavim, she said Amanal Kohen Gadol, she Kedushav Halutzal. In such a circumstance, we were expecting, he would say, everything's null and void. That's a marriage, that's a nothing. As a result, 
no yibum and no halitza. Says the Gemara, mechlef halufehu, excuse me, halufehu de mahlif. Rabbi Yehuda might flip what's mitzvah, what's kedushah, ha halitza ba'aya. However, ultimately speaking, Rabbi Yehuda agrees halitza is necessary. And if you were to tell me, if we thought Rabbi Yehuda could be akiva sevira le, we thought that Rabbi Yehuda follows the opinion he maintains like Rabbi Akiva, we are well aware that in Rabbi Akiva's world, he wouldn't distinguish with regards to the status of marriage and relationship between Hive Lavin, Amanalakoyen Gadol, and Hive Keritot, your sister, anything of that sort. They're all the same, not in terms of punishment, but in terms of marital status. None of them have Kiddushin Tovsin. And as a result, the same way Hive Keritot, if they fall to you, you don't do Yibum or Halitza. Hive Lavin should be so as well. Is there a difference between um, somebody who chooses versus somebody who's in a position? In other words, the, the, the person who's doing Khalidza is in a position without choice. Right. Excellent question. And it's for that reason, I gotcha. Says Jesse, listen, you're saying it's Rabbi Uda, Rabbi Akiva, they're talking about if you went ahead and you decide I'm going to get married to Almanat and Ramakwein God. There, and Kiddushin Tovsin, but over here, she fell to you. You happen to be the Kohen Gadol. She's an Almana. What are you going to do? Uh, do at least Halita? That's a, a fantastic question. For that reason, I'll tell it to you now, the Gemara needs to throw in this next line. It needs to tell you that even though it's circumstantial, the Halakha is, there's, if there's no Yibum possibility, and you agree there's no Yibum possibility, there's no Halita either. The Torah says, if you don't do Yibum, you have the option of Halitza. That means you decide not to do Yibum. Mm-hmm. Over here, even according to, and I think even according to your question, you accept that she falls to you, but she is karet. Everybody's going to agree you should not and may not do Yibum. The question you had was, but maybe let him, let him do Halitza. She fell to you, ultimately speaking. They are dependent one upon the other. Halitza is in place of Yibum, which means if you didn't have Yibum, you don't have Halitza. That's what the Gemara says. And everybody knows, are not in which case we're a little bit stuck because we suggested that the interpretation to our Mishnah was that Rabbi Uda and Chachamim are disagreeing fundamentally on the Mahlok Rabbi Akiva and Chachamim. Rabbi Uda was maintaining that in Kiddushin Tov seen, Hachamim were disagreeing, but now we're understanding from our Gemara that even Rabbi Yehuda, even Rabbi Yehuda seems to maintain along the lines of Hachamim who disagree with Rabbi Akiva and Chiyve Lavin, there might be Kiddushin Tovsin. Very parenthetic, we've mentioned this as well. I think we mentioned this on the first day that we learned Masechet Sanhedrin, the second day for some reason or another, but very briefly, do we ever do Yibum any longer? Do we only do Halitza? Of course, nobody should ever fall to such a circumstance. The Halakha is, <coughs> the Gemara records a mahluk between the Tanaim in Masechet Yibamot in more than one place about Let's call it Bizman Hazeh. Uh, can people still have the proper kavana for Yibum? Yibum is supposed to be done with the appropriate mindset. If it's done just with the lust, if it's done just with the wrong mindset, so it shouldn't be done at all. If it's done with a wrongful mindset, I'm not interested, it shouldn't be done either. So Mahloket, ultimately speaking, between the Tanaim, how we should go Bizman Hazeh. Listen, the Torah says ideally Yibum. What about in a time when people aren't able to have the same kavana? Two opinions, Shohan Aruch and Rama, ultimately speaking, disagree about this. According to Shohan Aruch, Yibum Boom kodem lechalitza even bizman hazeh according to the Rama of the Ashkenazim halitza kodemet leyibum bizman hazeh in today's day and age. So how would we fall on this? Halitza 
Yes, according to Ramah, which is following the opinion of the Hachamim in truth in the in the in the Gemara and the Mishnah, uh, means that Bisman we tell you don't do Yibum. Did you did you did Yibum? We tell you not to. Ideally do Halitza. Whereas Shohan Aruch says, ah, oh, even Bisman we follow the other opinion. The other opinion maintains even Bisman Azeh Yibum Kodem the Halitza. The Torah seems to be telling. Yeah. The point of Ramah is Yibum. Yes, you could. You could. We're saying you don't have to. We don't advise you that way, but you may. Of course, it's not a violation if you do so. So, <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you did. Your, if you did your boom, you did your boom. It's only a question of kodem. Of course, you have to do halitza. I was talking about a regular circumstance. Bismana said nobody's going to end without doing anything. You're not going to leave the woman uh, hanging without halitza. And that was, uh, according to the to the Teshubah, according to the uh, testimony of Hamitz Hak Yosef, Hamvadya Yosef got in big fights about this early on in his rabbinical career when he was in the Beit Din and Petah Tikva. So the chief rabbi of Israel at the time, his name was Rabbi Yitzhak Nisim. His vision, his will was. As I think sometimes, maybe not any longer, but sometimes it used to be such a will, we're going to merge all of Jewry, we're going to have Ashkenazim and Sfaradim all come together in Halakha, let's make a system in which we all agree with one another, and as a result, we'll have certain concessions, quote-unquote, on the traditional side of each one of the camps. And so one of the concessions of the Sfaradim was going to be, we're going to now advise all the Bateh Dinim, Halitza Kodemet Li'ibum. And they had a, 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 a signing on that. It wasn't only Rabbi Yitzhak Nesim Yosef has a circumstance where uh, a, a, a Yibum situation came in front of him. And he says, and they want to do a Halitza, and I'm advising them to do Yibum. And you know that whole thing about the Rabbanu Tarashit today, <coughs> that they want to make some sort of merge system, which was a vision of Ben Sion Meir Hai Uziel as well. There was such a vision at the beginning of the founding of the state of Israel. Let's bring things together. Ultimately speaking, Chacham Vadia Yosef wanted to do that as well. Bring it all together, but let them all do like us. That was his vision. Eretz Yisrael is Ar'ad Maran. It's the land of, uh, of Shohan Aruch. As a result, yeah, sure, we'd love for them all to be on board. With our way. That's, that's what it was. Anyway, so he fought about this. I could be wrong, but to the best of my knowledge, in the last several decades, there hasn't been any yibum, at least uh, on, on the record, that the Beitin said, you should be doing this. In that circumstance, a fascinating situation. She claims, I'm not interested. He, whatever, we just want to talk them into it. That's, as I recall, the way the Teshuvah went about. He says, oh, that's the way we're supposed to be doing this. We're supposed to be talking them into doing yibum. But again, even if he got in fights back then, ultimately speaking, I guess he didn't win all of his fights because in the scheme of things, I don't know if Svaradim practicing proudly and, uh, and, and publicly at least, Yibum Bisman Hazeh. But in our circumstances of the Gemara, again, just bringing it right back in, the Gemara right now is at a bit of a standstill because the Gemara suggested that Rabbi Uda aligned himself with Rabbi Akiva, that En Kiddushin Tovsin Lavim, but now we countered it, it can't be because Rabbi Uda seems to agree that Lavin situation, you're doing Halitza, you might not be doing Yibum, but there's Halitza, if there's Halitza means there is something there, it means if you violate it, went ahead and did Kiddushin, it would be Tovsin, says the Gemara, no, Rabbi Uda never meant that. Lidvarav de Kamat Kamar Vele La Sevira Le, says the Gemara, Rabbi Uda was just in conversation, he's listening to the conversation, Tanakama is speaking, the Hachamim are speaking to him, and they said to him the following, they said, listen, in these two circumstances, we think you do halitza and not yibum. What are those two? One is kiddushah and one is mitzvah. What is kiddushah and mitzvah? 
So the Chachamim type. I'll tell you what Kiddushah and Mitzvah is. Kiddushah is the case of the Kohanim, and Mitzvah is the case of the rabbinic violations. Says Rabbi Yudah, I'm listening. Again, parentheses. Let me, he didn't. Let me preface that I don't agree with any of this. So I'll take this. In theory, I would tell you in, you know, it's kind of like uh, someone comes in, let's say they're, they're analyzing a text which they don't agree with. I, I don't know, they're... It's a person who's, uh, I don't know, not a Torah scholar, not, they're not interested in Torah, and they're learning Gemara. I don't know why they're doing so, but they're learning Gemara, and in such a situation, they're disputing and they're debating a mitzvah. And you say, you see, I knew you would come around on halakha. I knew you were interested in Torah. I'm not coming around on this. I'm just litvarecha. Now that you're talking to me, I'm talking logically with you. I think you have to read it differently. That's all it is. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yudah, just like disagreeing. He says, I think Kiddushah is a reference to hachamim, the Shiniyot, and I think mitzvah was a reference to the isure arayot, the circumstances of the chiyve lavim min ha-Torah. Nothing more, nothing less. Tells you something about Rebuda. means that Rebuda, instead of just envisioning our adherence to the words of the hachamim as mitzvah, just looking at it and saying, that's a command, he sees it as kiddushah. <coughs> he sees primarily the function of rabbinic uh, 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 mandates, gezerot and takanot, as bringing forth for us Kiddushah, which of course makes a lot of sense if you envision Kiddushah as some sort of separateness. It's the Midrash at the beginning of Parashat Kedoshim, which Rashi quotes, that Kedoshim Tiyu means Pirushim Tiyu. It should bring forth some sort of separation, generally speaking. Again, <coughs> each person needs to find in their own life, but that's what Kedushah is all about. It's what Ramban Nachmani speaks at the beginning of Parashat Kedoshim. To, ha- to be Kadosh means not just to fulfill the mitzvot of the Torah. You can fulfill the mitzvot of the Torah and still be a Naval Birshuta Torah, which means I only eat glad kosher and I only have all the most kosher things and I have sex in the most appropriate way. These are the words of Ramban, not me. However, I do it at will and all the time. No, but within the parameters of the Torah. But that's, I'm a glutton within the parameters of the Torah, says Ramban. That's what Kedoshim to you is. Kedoshim to you means you might be following the mitzvot, but go beyond that. Go and find the gray in between. If it's just black and white for you, you're missing the point, is what Ramban says. That's very much, I think, what Rabbi does. is. That's the words of the Hachamim. Hachamim are trying to find the gray. They're determining this gray. The Torah never said it was that's what it means to be kadosh. It's very appropriate to describe that. Again, maybe I'm biased, but it's very appropriate to describe the very hachamim as matters of kedusha. All right, that's the first segment of the Gemara. <coughs> what the Gemara has done throughout this segment is interpret Rebiudah and hachamim Rebiudah more specifically in a situation where a person had, quote, a wrongful marriage the father did, and as a result, the child, Bishogek, having relations with that mother, with that woman, only has one violation because the marriage was wrongful. It's not what our Mishnah really said. Our Mishnah said, Haba al imo. It didn't say Haba al imo, who wasn't married appropriately. We threw, threw that in because we got stuck. Again, the Mishnah said, a man who has, a child, person who has relations with his mother, Bishogig, has either one violation, one korban, or two korbanot. It didn't say, parentheses, by the way, we're talking about footnote, we're talking about where the woman was prohibited, shouldn't have been married in the first place. As a result, says the Gemara, the truth is we have another Beraita. And this next Beraita, also interpreting the Mishnah, leaves out that whole business, which only makes things more complicated. Because now we're going to be wondering, so how could you say to Behuda that there's only a violation of mother and not of father's wife? Ki ata rbitzhak tane kiditnan. When Rabbi Yitzhak arrived, Ki Atah, generally speaking, that means he arrived from Eres Israel. Makes sense. His name was Rabbi Yitzhak. 
The rabbis in Babel were known as Rab, the rabbis from Eretz Yisrael, Rabbi. The difference between the two being, in Eretz Yisrael, they continued this Shalshelet HaSemicha. They continued Semicha, which we talked about in the first Perik, uh, which they envisioned as going all the way up to Moshe Rabbeinu. And as a result, they had more capabilities. Aside from the name, they were known as Rabbi, you know, the grand rabbi of some sort, as opposed to Rab. They also had capabilities, which we described in the first Perik, but that's the way you distinguish. That's why in the Mishnah, they're always Rabbi. They were rabbis living in Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Yitzhak, Rabbi Yitzhak, it sounds like arrived from Eretz Yisrael on the scene here in Bavel and says, what are you guys talking about? Oh, let me tell you what I heard out there. Tane his beraita taught kiditnan exactly as our Mishnah said it. Rabbi Yudalmer, eno hayav ele mishum ha'em bilvad. That's it. You're only violating in such a circumstance, you only bring one korban hatat for mother. What are we talking about? Oh, it must be because the woman was inappropriate. No, it's exactly as it said. I don't understand. Rabbi Uda, how could you make such a claim? It should be two korbans. It's both your mother and your father's wife. And what's the reason? We'll, st- we'll, we'll start and end with this for now. If you take a look on the side for me, it's, it's the second pasuk on the side. I'll just read to you the pasuk. Even if you're not taking a look, it says, it means that you're not supposed to have relations with your father or with your mother, so we're going to interpret Ervat Avicha for now. That's inappropriate. But now, right after mentioning don't have relations with your mother, it says, Immechahi. It's your mother. I know. You told me don't have relations with your father, don't have relations with your mother. By the way, she's your mother. Yeah, and if it was a conversation, me and you, I'd say, don't have relations with your father, don't have relations with your mother. Oh, come on, it's your mother. It's not this. It's the Torah. Why does the Torah redundantly state that? And don't have relations with your mother, it's your mother. Why does it do so? According to this interpretation of Abba it goes like this. I'll tell you why it does so, because it's telling you, if you have relations with your mother, there is one korban to be brought. Of course, you're only going to die in one way if you did a b'mezid, but if you did it, gave one korban. What's the korban? Your mother. Why would that be? Important question to be asked. Just a question, then we'll end with this. Wait a second, what about this pasuk? The pasuk says, Irvat eshet avicha lo tegale, Irvat avicha hi, mishum eshet av, ata mehaivo viata mehaivo, mishum imo, ela imo shi eshet aviv kaehacha memaetla, kaehacha memaetla, hashatai imo shi eno eshet aviv mehaiv, eshet aviv shi eno imo mehaiv, imo shi eshet aviv lo mehaiv kelal. So says the Gemara, I have a question, I'm just going to end with the question without reading it all inside with you. There's another pasuk, it's the very next pasuk, it goes from pasuk zayn to pasuk hayat, and it goes like this, Irvat eshet avicha. The wife of your father sounds like not your mother. Lotigaleh. Then it says Irvat Avicha he. She is well. There's that redundant line. She's somehow attached to your father. I'm a little confused now. Are you telling me if I have relations with my father's wife, there's no violation of her being my mother? If I have relations with my with my mother, so there's no violation of her being my father's wife. If I have relations with my father's wife, who happens to be my mother, how many violations are there? Zero. No, we're suggesting there's zero because now we're saying there's a mi'ut both ways. You can only have a violation of her being your father's wife. That's one, not because of your mother, that's the redundant wording over there. And you have imecha, or imecha, to tell you that it's only for your mother, not for being your father's wife. So really, you'll ne- if I now go to this woman who's both my mother, Lo'aleno, and my father's wife, how many violations? It's got to be zero. Because if you say, oh, you're going to have a violation that she's your father's wife, 
uh, it can't be, be uh, it can't be also because she's my mother. So no korban for being my mother. I said, I'll look at her and i said, but she's also my mother. Well, if that's the case, she can't have a violation for being your father's wife. So this woman, you got, I mean, not, not you, that person in such a circumstance, hits the jackpot. He had relations with the worst situation. She's not only his mother, she's also his father's wife. And we say, well, if you turn this way, say she's his father's wife. Oh, he can't give a violation for mother. But she happens to be his mother also. He can't give a violation for father's wife. As a result, there's no violations. However, and it's preposterous if she was just your father's wife, but not your mother, just your mother, but not your father's wife, for example, he raped her or something like that, then you'd have a violation. It's ridiculous. As a result, the Gemara says, we have a problem we'll have to address. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen.